Real talk. Bum, bum, bum. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Back at it with Lizzo. Liz, how you been? Oh my goodness. What a question. Um, So good. <laughs> I feel like it's been forever since we recorded again. Last, um, yeah, break has been good. Christmas was great. Advent was fun. Now we're in the Christmas season, which is even better. Uh, Catholics, you just like to party for a long time Christmas. So. I know. In case you didn't know this, um, yeah, I'm not sure when this episode will be released. Probably January. But um, Christmas for Catholics, the day of Christmas, is not the end of the season. It's the beginning. Because Catholics like to party. <laughs> and now we have Christmas until... Uh, January, like, 12th, or if you're super hardcore, like, February 2nd, so. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Booyah. It's a good time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, Liz, what's, what's been on your prayer? What have you been, what have you been praying about lately? Oh, that's such a good question. I think I prayed a lot about, um, Advent, of course, and Christmas, and receiving, um, our Lord, but as kind of this year is coming to a close, um, and especially with all of the political things happening right now um, and just this COVID vaccine coming out, I think I've been praying a lot about expectations um, and yeah, like what expectations are the the way that the Lord wants us to have expectations and the way that we can control our own to live in a season still of joy um, amidst succeeded expectations and expectations that didn't come to fruition. Um, yeah, I think has been on my heart a lot. Um, yeah, of just like, what, like, what do you think of when you hear an expectation? Mm. What do I think of when I think of an expectation? I think of like the ideas that I place on myself or others or God for like, the way that it should be, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, this is the way I should be, or this is the way others should be, or this is the way that God should be, which aren't necessarily bad, but I think the problem is, like, what happens when yourself or God or others, like, don't meet the expectations that you've placed? Like, how mm-hmm. do you respond to that? Exactly. And I don't know about you, but I've been hearing so much, like, oh, finally, like, 2020 is coming to a close, like, oh, finally, like, our political parties will, like, have an answer or whatever it may be. And if we're setting ourselves up for, okay, finally, 2020 is going to be over, and we're setting up this expectation of 2021 is just going to be great and dandy and a great time, then we're just setting ourselves up for failure, because what is it about 2021 um, that like tells us that it's going to be so much better than 2020 and how can we, yeah, we just need to, I think, lower our expectations, um, of putting them into these earthly things of the year changes. So that means life will go back to being normal. Um, but I've just, yeah, been really reflecting on how much danger and like despair that could be found if we keep looking towards these things to fulfill us, to satisfy us. Um, and then when they happen and they don't happen, then like how much um, they could just lead us to just suffering and to hurt. Um, yeah, I think is a big thought of mine. 
So I also have some thoughts on like what we can do as Catholics, not to lower our expectations to live in a state of gloom, um, but to lower our expectations to receive more of the love that the Lord wants to have for us. Um, Marissa, my question for you, I think, is what do you think the difference between hope and expectations are? Mm. This is, okay, <laughs> this feels like <clears throat> a very pointed question, and I know that it's not, but it's just ironic because I, Father Michael called me out on this, I guess, not not a year, like a year and a half ago. Um, he was like, you seem to just swing back and forth between presumption and despair mm. and not resting in the middle of hope, hope being like the theological virtue and the two, basically the two sins against hope or the ways that we fail to hope are either one end of the spectrum, presumption, like this is going to happen. Um, and I know it for sure. And then despair being like, this is never going to happen. And I know it for sure. Um, and hope rests in the middle. And I feel like expectations can, expectations can often slide into presumption if you're not careful. Like for me, hope is, hope is tricky because it's something that you really would love to happen, but you know there's a good chance that it won't. And you have to rest in that in that tension of, I want this to happen. Maybe it won't, but maybe it will. Um, and never, never fully landing on it definitely will or it definitely mm -hmm. won't. Expectations, I think, can turn into like, this is what should happen. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I read one time a few years ago that our biggest problems with God come because we put these expectations on him. Mm -hmm. And when he doesn't live up to those expectations, we lose trust. We're like, okay, why didn't you do this thing that I thought you would do? Why didn't you answer this prayer the way I expected you to? Or this is what you should have done in the situation. Why didn't you do it? I think there's a lot of truth in like the things that you're saying of, yeah, the Lord wants us to have hope um, and to like live in this. He like, tells us that he wants to fill us with his joy and like for us to walk in it um but like we can't put expectations on like when that's going to happen or how that's going to happen or what exactly that will look like and I think the expectations is like our human side trying to fulfill the promises that the Lord has given us um yeah so I think like kind of lowering expectations, changing expectations, surrendering expectations, give us the ability to put more of our trust in the Lord um, and to hope in his goodness and to know that he's promised this, um, but to not, yeah, put our humanness on it. I was going to happen this way, this time, this place, I think for sure. But no, I like what you said about surrendering your expectations because... Mm. No, I think that's really, because I can, I can reasonably expect you to love me, right? Like, mm -hmm. you're my friend, and I can expect that from you, but what I probably can't expect is that you love me in a very specific way, mm -hmm. because maybe that's not how, I don't know, like, that just sets me up for failure. Like, I can mm -hmm. hope that you will love me in a way that meets my needs, but 
I don't know, like surrendering those specific expectations. Like I can, yeah. I can expect, I can expect for 2021 that God will do really wonderful things. Mm-hmm. I can't expect that he'll do really specific, wonderful things, you know, because exactly. then I, you know, like that's not, I guess, fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he has promised me, he has promised me goodness and like fulfillment but he never promised how he would bring that fulfillment Mm -hmm. you know yeah exactly and I think we can also so often place these expectations on one another um without like telling each other what we are asking actually intentionally from this other person of like you're supposed to love me like or I expect you to love me this way like because that's how it is but like how are they supposed to know that if you're not actually telling them how you want to be loved or how you're asking them to love you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, it's easy to kind of place all of our hope in this um, external things um, and not as much as our internal. Marissa, have you heard of like locus of control? Mm, like internal and external? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Please. Explain more, though. Okay, okay. So there's a locus of control. I don't know. I heard it somewhere. You probably heard it in a class or something. Uh, but there's a state of mind or a state of being with an internal locus of control and an external locus of control. Um, and it's kind of like where – I'm not going to explain this perfectly um, – but like where your trust is of if it's internal, like you're really controlled by the ways that you respond to things, like the ways that you um, – receive like with your own self and you have all this control over the ways that you can um, react to certain things because you're going to take it in your heart um, and like ponder and you're not like immediately just reacting to all the external things going on as opposed to an external locus of control which is oh my gosh like my car got a flat tire everything is awful or I failed a test everything is bad and you're just kind of receiving all these things that are external of you um, that you really have no business controlling, but you're trying to control them. And that's really influencing um, your heart, your mind, and the ways that you receive what's going on versus the internal control where you can experience those things, but then allow like, actually what's internal of your heart to be affected and to um, be the ways that you perceive these circumstances. Mm, kind of- yeah, look at Liz getting academic. I uh. No, for real, I learned about those in psychology. Mm-hmm. Um back when I was a psychology major for half a semester. But, <laughs> um, yeah, and I think it touches on, have you ever read Interior Freedom by Jacques Philippe? No, I need to. Oh, my gosh. I haven't even read the whole book. I read, like, half of it, and it's still one of the most life-changing things for me. But he kind of talks about this. Not He doesn't specifically mention, like, these locuses of control, but what he does talk about is, okay, so the concept of interior freedom is that Let's just take the perfect example of 2021. Like, there is real suffering, right? Because of these external things that have happened. But our suffering doubles when we're not just experiencing the suffering, but we're also going, I hate this situation that I'm in. This is horrible. I can't change this. And, like, being upset with ourselves or the world for the suffering. What he talks about is consenting to suffering and just surrendering this, being like, okay, this is the situation that I'm in. It's happening and God is allowing it to happen. 
it doesn't mean you have to like it. Like that doesn't mean that you are happy, but you're at least acknowledging like you're moving past. I hate this. I don't want to be here. Mm. And you're saying, okay, I'm here. This is happening. And so it frees you from that burden of constantly being like, I don't, I hate this. I don't want to be here. And especially when you're in situations with other people, like when you're angry at someone and then you get mad at yourself for being angry. I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but it happens to me all the time. I'm like, I know that I need to forgive, but I can't. And I hate that I can't. And then the, the part that gets easier is when you're like, okay, I'm struggling to forgive. That's where I am. Mm -hmm. And like releasing yourself from getting angry at the suffering, just consenting to like, okay, this is happening right now. How, like, what, what does God want from me? What can I like, how can I respond to him? Um, How can I just say, okay, this is what's going on in my life. And I, I can't control it. Like I can't control all these things that are happening, but I can just, Except the fact that they're happening. Mm-hmm. That's like the first step. Yeah. I've heard a quote once that's like, the only true tragedy in life is to lose God. Everything else is just really annoying. Mm. Um, but Marissa, like, what do you do to, yeah, kind of keep yourself um, rooted no matter what's going on um, in the, the joy of the Lord, despite the external circumstances that are happening? Mm, I think this is a big lesson that I learned this past year is just being honest with him. Because mm. when you talk about expectations, so I I had some big expectations in my senior year of college of what God would like provide for me once I left college, like that he had a specific plan. And mm. going into senior year, um, that plan in my head looked like marrying the guy I'd been dating for two years and becoming a focused missionary. Um, and then my boyfriend and I broke up and I did not get accepted to be a focused missionary. And I was pretty unhappy. And I, what caused me double suffering is I looked at it as God betrayed me. God lied to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he promised me these things when really what he promised me was I have a plan for you. But in my head, those were his plans for me, were those two Mm -hmm. specific things. And so when I didn't, when those didn't come to fruition, I was like, okay, he lied to me. And if God lied to me, then that means that maybe he's not fully good. And what does that mean for me, whose entire worldview and life is based on God is good? And I, I was so angry with God and I really wanted to just like give up and I had a wonderful friend tell me, like, you can be angry at God, but you have to, like, don't shut him out. And so that was my prayer is I was, that was the first step towards consenting is instead of being like, okay, I'm going to shut God out and just be unhappy. Like I would go to the chapel um, and I would sit there for two minutes and be like, God, I'm mad at you. Mm. That's all I can give you right now is just to say, hi, I'm here. I'm mad at you. I am unhappy with the way things have turned out. I'm disappointed and leave the chapel and then show up the next day and be like, Hey God, I don't understand why you did this. I would love to know why and leave the chapel, you know, but slowly over time to, to give him those feelings was a form of surrender Mm -hmm. of being like, okay, I'm at least acknowledging 
like by telling you these feelings, I'm acknowledging that you are here and you are listening. And that built up trust. And, you know, I had a, then the next time I had an expectation for, okay, this is what God wants for me. And it didn't go as planned. It was easier to be like, okay, Mm. you were calling me to, maybe you were calling me to apply to this job or apply to this program, but that doesn't mean that your plan was for me to receive it. You know, like there is goodness in following you, Mm. you know, and there's goodness in doing what you want for me, even if the outcome isn't what I expected, Mm -hmm. which, you know, eventually is how I came here, (laughs) you know, like being applying. I didn't even apply for this job, (laughs) y'all. But, like, being a youth minister was probably the fifth or sixth thing on that list. And God knows me better than I do. And Mm. it has fulfilled me so much more. Um, But, yeah, I think that's what, when when expectations uh, fall through or, like, how to maintain that interior freedom is just, like, being honest with them and saying, hey, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hate this, yeah. um, but I'm at least telling you that I hate it, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you that this is hard for me, and I'm trusting that you hear me when I say this is hard for me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think that's huge of, yeah, the Lord doesn't just want our perfect prayers, like, he wants to know our hearts, like, he wants this personal relationship with us, um, and, like, he wants to hear all about all these ways that we are like disappointed or just upset. And I think that's beautiful. Like that's exactly what you did. And that's exactly like following what the Lord did of the agony of the garden or asking for the cup to be passed from him. He's just like, just like, or God, I don't want this. Like this actually really sucks right now. And that's exactly how we can feel in our own lives. But in those moments, not to run from the Lord, but to embrace him who's been there as well. He's been to hell and back. Like he also Mm. knows, um, yeah, so to really surrender um, and to, like, still trust, I think, is so important of, God, like, I don't, I don't, I don't really know what's happening. I'm, like, really upset about what's happening right now. I, like, still have hope in you, even though I'm just, like, so confused. I think it's really beautiful of um, just, like, surrendering and opening up our hands wider. Um, yeah because it's baby steps right like Jesus before he could say your will not mine he mm-hmm. had to tell God what his will was you yeah. know he had to be like I don't want this and like you know it's the steps of like hey God I don't want this I'm trusting that you hear me when I say I don't want this mm-hmm. and once you take that further step of I want to hear what you want like mm-hmm. what what is your plan what's your idea and even if I it scares me to take that step and be like, what are you doing here? You're opening yourself up to God saying, here's what I want for you. And then you have the opportunity to say yes. And I think telling him, yeah, what we want, telling him um, our desires, our hopes, our needs, our wants, um, and like asking for him. I think so often I go into prayer and I'm just like, okay, here I am. But then I end it and I'm like, I didn't actually ask anything of you. I'm like, you want to love me. So like, how am I allowing you to, um, and like, how, what am I asking of you to like want to give me everything? Um, I think is like a huge kind of realization for me of so often I'm like in prayer and I'm just like, this sucks. Or I'm just like, ah, do your thing, you know? 
but actually like that's not a real relationship because I'm not it's like not reciprocal I'm just like allowing him um to like do everything in this relationship but he wants to know like what I want as well Uh, and like he wants to know what I am trying to expect in a way yeah Liz what are some expectations that you place on yourself whoa (laughs) (laughs) my gosh um hit it with the hard questions yeah I think I expect myself really like to like be really into like all of my spiritual commitments of I remember like this break when it first started I like have been on a team I've been on a campus for four months straight with a team that would pray a holy hour together every weekday at least and we would go to mass every single day and I remember like coming here at the beginning and I was like man like I'm all alone during my holy hours and I'm not going to mass with anybody and that really sucks and I really don't want to do it. So I would like pray half-assed holy hours or I'd like pray half a holy hour or like pray a holy hour like on my bedroom floor instead of like actually driving to the church. And I think I just like got really disappointed in myself because like, man, I expect such a higher standard of myself with all of my spiritual commitments. I feel like I'm failing because like knowing that I'm not doing what I should uh, but I think in that moment I like really was able to enter into Advent like to be completely weak with the Lord um, and to like admit to him that oh my gosh Lord like this is actually hard like going to Holy Hour was the best part of my day and now it's like the hardest um, and to be able to receive his love of like Liz I don't love you because of your Holy Hours like I don't love you because you want to go to mass. Like, I love you because of who you are. I'm going to still love you, even if, like, your holy hour is just, like, picking up the weeds on the floor and giving them to me instead of, like, the beautiful bouquets that you could gather. Um, Like, he wants to receive that as well. So I think a big expectation of myself is to, like, my spiritual commitments and to, like, love all of them um, when they actually, like, are hard and they're not um, normal for everybody. Um, I've like gotten a lot of crap about that this break of like telling my friends that I'm going to mass or like going to pray a holy hour and they're like, oh, like the Elizabeths of the world of, yeah, we don't live the same way as everybody else. And, um, yeah, to hold ourselves to a high standard, um, but to know that the Lord wants to receive us exactly as we are, um, I think is huge for my own growth. Um, other expectations that I have? Um, I think, yeah, to, like, have an attitude of gratitude and, like, to live with the joy of the Lord, um, and to, like, recognize the dignity of the person in front of me, um, is something that I, like, really strive to do, um, but, like, I definitely fail a lot in, (laughs) um, and I'm not happy all the time, and I'm not, like, receiving the person in front of me with love, um. And yet, like, the Lord still loves me. And he's like, okay, like, I see you. And I, like, want more from you. But, like, I'm still going to, like, be with you where you are right now. Mm. Yeah, not to scandalize anyone, but um, even those who are in ministry struggle with prayer. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that was hard for me, becoming a a youth minister and talking to people all the time about the importance of prayer. And then struggling in my own personal prayer life and being like, I'm a fraud. Yeah. (laughs) Then being like, wait a minute. No. Yeah. (laughs) Like, 
Yeah, like Liz said, like when I when I was at school, like especially senior year, I really got into a groove of okay, like praying holy hour and I had to I don't know, having that expectation of myself to have great prayer all the time, you know, or even to have holy hours all the time. And sometimes I can't pray a holy hour or sometimes I just like honest to God forget. Like I'll go through my whole day and then I'm like, how did I spend my whole day literally out of church and forget <laughs> to pray? Um, but yeah, God still loves the holy hours on the bedroom floor or even the holy five minutes on the bedroom floor um, or in your car or wherever. Like, I don't know, you know, like he's just mm-hmm. a, whatever, whatever you give him, he's delighted with. And that's something I've had to relearn is like, okay. I failed my at my own expectations, but God doesn't expect a holy hour from me, mm-hmm. you know? Like, he would delight in a holy hour from me, don't get me wrong. He would absolutely love to spend that much time with me. But he he doesn't bring any expectations to the mm-hmm. table about, like, me. Yeah, and there's things that he's asked of us with, like, us. Like, he's asked me to be a missionary. He's asked you to be a youth minister. Uh, but it's, like, still this relationship of, like, the Lord will still respect, like, my boundaries, and, like, I will respect his, um, and, like, he invites me into prayer, like, um, he, like, allows me to receive him in the Mass, but he doesn't, like, smite me if I don't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's huge. Hmm. Uh, but I think it's also interesting to think about, like, okay, when these expectations that I'm setting of myself aren't getting met um, or like I'm not per like being the best version of myself or I'm like really impacted by my external locus of control and it's not internal like what actually is going on in my heart right there um, and there's yeah kind of a rant that I have kind of just like a passionate topic um, but it goes back to self-care mm. Marissa what's like the first thing that you think of when you think of self-care like maybe not your perception but like what is the cultures oh the cultures yeah mine okay right when I think of the culture's perception of self-care I think of like face masks and bubble baths yeah (laughs) uh yeah it's always kind of like beauty related but also just very much like relax and Uh uh-huh yeah I don't know not doesn't feel very substantial Mm -hmm. yeah I agree. And it gets me so mad because I don't think that's what self-care is. Um, I think self-care is, like, actually caring for, like, what yourself needs. Um, mm. And, like, what do we need? At the very basic level, okay, we need our relationship with Christ, but we need, like, food, water, shelter, like, security. Um, and, like, okay, so self-care and sleep. Oh, my gosh. So yes. self-care is, like, actually going and doing those things of, like, okay, I'm going to care for myself right now, which means I'm going to um, like eat a meal or I'm going to care for myself right now which means I'm going to go to bed and I'm not going to paint my nails and I'm not going to whatever my hair I don't even know uh, but it means like I'm going to care for myself so that I can like function at this basic level um yeah I think so often our culture thinks that self-care like is whatever it is to like pamper yourself but self-care is actually like doing what yourself needs and what is yourself needs it's like maslow's hierarchy of needs at the very basic letter level it's like food water safety like security sleep our relationship with christ of course 
And so like, that's what our self needs at this very basic level. So I recognize in my own self, if I'm like not fulfilling these things that I think, or if I'm like not loving well, that's often because I'm like not taking care of myself at this basic level of I'm actually not getting enough sleep, or I'm not drinking any water today, or I'm not eating food. And that's why at the topper level, higher level of the pyramid, I'm like not functioning to my best capability. Um, so I think self-care goes back to like, okay, I'm going to go to sleep right now and not go all free-free with my hair. And I'm going to eat a meal right now instead of just like grabbing a coffee to go. Um, and that's actually self-care. And I think when we are honest with ourselves about that, it allows us to live this like fuller life when our basic needs are met then we can go out and fulfill these hopes that we have for ourselves, fulfill the expectations that we put on ourselves um, and say yes to what the Lord is asking of us. Mm. Yeah. And that's not to say that any of those more, I guess, like frivolous things, but like treating yourself, mm-hmm. not bad. Mm-hmm. Like do that face mask. But also <laughs> like, yeah, true self care isn't always like, it's not always fun. Like, cleaning my room and establishing like as as little kid as it sounds like a bedtime mm-hmm. oh my gosh setting a a bedtime for myself was such a self-care thing that was so difficult for me to like make sure that I actually got eight hours of sleep every night and that's not like fun <laughs> or like something cute that you can post about but like that was me taking care of myself you know, like, it's not always exciting or fun. It's, like, it can be difficult to mm-hmm. care for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think my challenge is to, like, actually write down or draw two circles, go back to the locuses of control and the things inside the circle that we can actually control. So we can control our sleep. We can control what we're eating. We can control, um, I don't know, different things like that. But then on the outside of the circle, write the things like your car breaking down, you failing a test, like your friend hating on you. Not not a good example, but whatever. (laughs) And then inside the circle, say like, am I taking radical responsibility for all of these things? Am I like taking care of these things that will allow myself to function? Uh, And then if we like go and we take radical responsibility of those things, we live with this internal locus of control. Then the things on the external, we can be more free from of, okay, my my self fails a test, but I'm still like living with this basic self-control and I still like have this locus of control within myself. Um, so I like, can respond to that more freely and with like hands stretched out to the Lord more. Yeah. And it like prepares you for those bigger situations. Like, okay, I failed a test and am I upset about it? Yes. But am I going to despair about it and let it turn into... I'm a failure, like, I failed this test, so I'm a failure, or I am so bad at this subject, or, like, I am never gonna, like, get into a good college or anywhere in life. No, just, I failed this test, I'm sad about it, Mm -hmm. or I'm upset about it, and, like, let it end there, Mm -hmm. which helps when you get into those bigger situations, like, okay, I didn't get my dream job, I didn't, you know, I didn't get into the college that I really wanted to get into, things are, like, upsetting things are happening. And I'm upset about them, but like not despairing. Okay, I do I do have one last question for you, Liz. Um, what not an expectation, but what is a hope that you have for the new year? Ooh, fun question. Oh gosh. Oh 
we'll edit out this long pause. <laughs> Ten minutes later. <laughs> what a great question, Marissa. I think one thing that I hope for, that I continually ask the Lord for, is clarity of my vocation of, okay, like, where are you calling me? And how are you calling me um, to love the people around me? Um, yeah. And this year has like been a big year of transition for us, for both of us. I mean, we've completely moved out of Milledgeville and are doing different things now. Um, and I think we're like actually at the point where we can um, like think more about the future. Um, and yeah, ask the Lord for clarity of it. So I think I have a big hope in the Lord um, for, yeah, not like a perfect vision. But, um, yeah, to see, like, where he's calling me. Um, I'm really excited to see what he's wanting to do with this next year. Uh, there's a lot more doors that are open to him now than there have been in the past. And there will be even more this upcoming year. So I hope that he will, you know, help me out with choosing which doors to go through. Mm, so good. Marissa, what are you hoping? Ooh, what do I hope for? In this new year, so many things. How do I choose one to say? <laughs> I, okay, I think more than anything, what I hope for is just continued growth. Um, just especially in, yeah, like you were saying, such a time of transition um, in, like, the world and in our lives and also, and um, for those of you listening who are here at St. Bridget, um, you know, Leanne has left, and it's big sad. Um, <laughs> so just a lot of newness is happening, and I just hope for continued growth and that I can just grow in love of the Lord and that he will show me his love in more, like, I don't know, just more big and tangible ways. and. I think my hope would be that, like, in that, um, I would grow in trust for him. And like you were saying, I think, yeah, just more understanding of what it is he wants for me. Um, and I also definitely hope that that is the case for, like, every single teen in the program. Um, yeah, I really like asking for big and bold things from God. I feel like it's almost like the Holy Spirit sees it as a challenge. He's like, ooh, you want this? <laughs> Let me outdo you here. Yeah. And so, yeah, something I've been praying for a lot recently is that every single person who comes on our winter retreat experiences God in a new and profound way. And that is a big ask, um, especially because, like, like, everyone on the retreat, including, like, Father Michael, our priest, <laughs> and, like, the core members, and everyone of the teens, and, you know, that's a big prayer, but I very much hope and trust that, like, God will make it happen, even if it's not the way that I think it will look like, or that I expect it to look like, so, <laughs> bringing it full circle. Thanks, Marissa. Hmm. Thanks for listening once again um, to the ramblings of 
two gals who are just trying to figure out life. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> but once again, I just want to assure everyone who's listening, no matter uh, if you are from St. Bridget or if you're from Northern Arizona University, <laughs> if if there is anything that you would like for Liz and I to talk about, any questions you want answered or any just topic you would love to hear us cover, please let us know. Um, we want this to be for you. Um, and also we want you to know that we are here for any question or any topic, like no matter how weird or uncomfortable or mm-hmm. big, um, we're here for that. We're here to be your relatable not relatable in the sense that, like, we know TikTok dances or anything, but just relatable in Whoa, whoa, that... speak for yourself. <laughs> relatable in that I I promise you there isn't something you could ask us that would, like, shock us or, mm-hmm. I don't know, that we, that we wouldn't want to walk through with you. So, yeah, let us know. Um, we're praying for all of you. Hope you're doing well. Yes. Good. Yeah. Much love, much love.